Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey there, welcome to The Tent. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. Now, if you know one thing about me personally, it's that I just abhor shortcuts, hacks, or cheats in the aquarium hobby. Now, I know it's sort of an aggressive stance, but the idea of such practices really goes against my larger philosophical orientation of aquarium keeping. Trying to skirt the necessary practices which require time, patience, observation, and discipline in favor of quick and easy is often, not always, a recipe for problems down the line, particularly when you're dealing with live animal ecosystems like aquariums. We've talked a lot about the practice of adding botanical materials slowly to the aquarium and the things that, you know, impact how quickly and how long the water retains its tint. And it's kind of a big deal for us. I get it. Many hobbyists who have perhaps added some catapa leaves, blackwater extract, or rooibos tea to their water, you know, will contact me asking why the water doesn't stay tinted for more than a few days. Now, I'm flattered to be sort of a clearinghouse for this stuff, but I must confess I don't have all the answers. Obviously, I'm not saying that the botanical-style aquarium approach should be all drudgery and ceaseless devotion to a series of steps and guidelines issued by somebody. No, no, no. That's even more frightening to me than the idea of shortcuts and hacks. I mean, dogma sucks. And, and guess what? The ideas and practices evolve over time as we learn more about what we're doing and accumulate more experience. A lot of times, things that we think are stupid or wrong to begin with end up being the right way and vice versa. And that often makes me revisit ideas which I might have formerly looked at in perhaps a more negative way. Yeah, imagine that. Even crotchety old me revisiting ideas I formerly poo-pooed. Now, one of the questions we receive a lot around here is, can I use the water which I prepare botanicals as a sort of black water extract or add it to my aquarium? My answer has been, and you know this is coming, and still is the same. I don't recommend it. Because in addition to the tannins and humic substances which are, you know, exuded during the prep process... You're also releasing a lot of dirt, dust, and organic pollutants which are bound up in the surface tissues of your botanicals. My feeling is that the addition of a concentrated brew of the very stuff you're trying to eliminate via preparation into your aquarium is counterproductive to say the least and downright detrimental to water quality at the worst. Hardly worth the trade-off of losing a small amount of the treasured tannins and humic substances in my humble opinion. So yeah, I pour this stuff off. Yet the questions continued, and the idea of utilizing tea, you know, produced during the prep process, you know, persists, and people ask and continue to ask about this stuff and other stuff. And hobbyists over years played with alternatives to get, you know, that tinted color in their water, like rooibos tea, which in addition to be kind of tasty, has been a sort of favored tint hack of many hobbyists for years. Now, without getting into all the boring details, rooibos tea is derived from a plant called Aspalthus linearis. It's also known as the red bush in South Africa and other parts of the world. It's been used by fish people for a long time as a sort of instant blackwater extract, and I guess it has a lot going for it for this purpose. I suppose rooibos tea doesn't contain caffeine and has low levels of tannin compared to black or green tea. Like catapa leaves or other botanicals, it contains polyphenols like flavoins, flavonoids, aspalathin, etc. All these things I can't even pronounce. But hobbyists will simply steep it in their aquariums and get the color they want, 
and impart some of these substances into their tank water. You know, cold extraction. Sounds familiar. I mean, it's an easy process. Of course, like any other thing that you add to your aquarium, it's never a bad idea to know the impact of what you're adding. Like using botanicals, utilizing tea bags in your aquarium requires some thinking, that's all. And of course, it got me thinking. I mean, tea is essentially defined as a hot drink made by infusing the dried, crushed leaves of the tea plant in boiling water. Very original definition, I suppose. Um, And doesn't really offer a substantially different definition from what we're producing when we utilize botanicals in our aquarium. With the notable exceptions that we are A, not drinking the stuff, B, allowing the botanicals themselves to impart the tannins and humic substances at their own sort of speed over time after preparation into the water. More like a slow infusion, right? Oh, and of course, using the botanicals themselves in our tanks allows fishes and other aquatic animals to interact with them physically and use them for shelter and foraging and, you know, other activities like they would even spawning uh, locales, as we've talked about many times, just like they would in the, in the wild. And yeah, I admit, I was openly critical of the idea of using rooibos and, you know, all these bottled extracts and so forth. I guess the things that I personally dislike about using tea or these so-called blackwater extracts are that you simply are going for an effect without getting to embrace the functional aesthetics imparted by adding the actual leaves, seed pods, etc. to your aquarium as part of its physical structure. And that there's no way, real way to determine how much you need to add to achieve, you know, X. Obviously, the same could be said for botanicals, but we're not utilizing botanicals simply to create brown water or specific pH parameters, etc., right? Yet with tea or extracts, you sort of miss out on replicating that little slice of nature in your aquarium, and it's a different sort of thing, and getting my head around that sort of changed my thinking just a bit. Of course, it's fine if your goal is just to color the water, I suppose, and I understand that some people, like fish breeders who need bare-bottom tanks or whatever, like to condition water without all the leaves and twigs and nuts and fungal growth and bacteria, biofilms, and all that stuff that we love. That is what registered in me. Now, there is, I know, because I listen to you guys, an entire population of aquarists who love the tint of the water, the benefits of humic substances and tannins. You kind of get it. But you simply don't like all that decomposing stuff and biofilms, etc. in your water, which accompany the addition of botanicals in the aquariums. And I get it. On the other hand, if you're trying to replicate the look and function and maybe some of the parameters of, you know, a wild agapo, you're generally not going to get it by throwing a tea bag from rooibos tea or whatever in there. Now, it's not wrong or it's lazy. It's simply a different route for probably a different purpose. And look, again, I understand we're looking for the occasional shortcut and easier ways to do stuff. Life's busy. This hobby is supposed to be fun. And I realize that none of what we proffer here at Tannin is an absolute science. It's an art at this point. And there's no current way available to the hobby to test for X types or amounts of tannins, of which there are many hundreds in the aquarium. I've not even found a study thus far which has analyzed wild habitats like, you know, Amazonia or whatever for tannin concentrations and specific types, so we really have no real model to go on that I've found. The best we can do is create a reasonable facsimile of nature using whatever means are at our disposal. And for some people, the reasonable facsimile is just tinted water. So we introduced shade. That's the closest thing you'll ever see to a superficial hack from tannin aquatics, I promise. But it made sense. Those little sachets were created, you know, specifically to uh, easily apply the influence of botanicals to the aquarium for a wide variety of hobbyists who may not be interested in the botanicals themselves. And judging by the way they've been selling, which is spectacular, uh, I guess that's a pretty popular thing. Now, again, by influence, I'm primarily referring to the color. Sure, these sachets can impact pH of the water if you use reverse osmosis or deionized water to operate your aquariums. If not, they're simply going to impart some color and likely tannins and humic substances into the water. Not a bad thing, but don't fool yourself. You need to test the impact of shade on your water chemistry to know for sure. 
Although Shade is a carefully formulated, well-tested alternative to, you know, dumb old tea bags, it's not a miracle product. It, it just isn't. Shade won't guarantee that you'll get your wild cardinal tetris to spontaneously spawn on command, or it won't cure fungal diseases and, you know, give you instant Amazon conditions. It will help you achieve the color effects you're looking for because it's comprised of the botanicals that we offer. I will... I will confess that I've offered many of the potential health benefits to your aquatic animals using our botanicals as your aquariums in their natural habitat will. And boy, did that sound mangled, but didn't it? I, let, me, let me restate that for you. Because it's comprised of the botanicals that we offer, it will offer many of the same potential health benefits to your aquatic animals that utilizing our botanicals in your aquarium will in their natural form. Does that make sense? Yes, I think it does. Of course, even those benefits are still not fully understood, 100% predictable, or really all that well-defined. Come on, you don't think I can guarantee that stuff, did you? It's a cool product regardless. At least, that's what I think. Way better than what's out there now in terms of, you know, tea bags, in my opinion. Now, it's not super-duper cheap, like all the products which consist of, you know, crushed catapoles or whatever, because more botanical materials, more thought, more R&D went into this product. Some of you won't like it or simply dismiss it as bullshit or whatever, and I get that too. The most important thing to understand is that the capabilities of botanical materials to impact the environment of our aquarium is a really important subject. We have to understand that there are limitations to the impact of botanicals, tea, wood, or whatever on water chemistry. Expectations are important and we need to consider exactly what it is we're trying to accomplish. Adding liter upon liter of extract to your aquarium will have minimal pH impact if your water is like super hard. We know this. When you're serious about trying to create more black water or natural black water conditions, you really need an RODI unit to achieve base water with no carbon and hardness. It's more malleable to environmental manipulations. Tea, twigs, leaves, extracts, shade, none of that's going to do much unless you understand that. So why doesn't my water stay tinted, Scott? Well, I admit I don't know. Well, not for certain anyway. I do, however, have some information, observations, and a bunch of ideas about this, any of which might be, uh, you know... Uh, literally shot to pieces by somebody with a proper scientific background. However, I can toss up some of these seemingly uncoordinated facts out there and give us all some stuff to chew on as I offer my ideas up. Now, perhaps it starts with the way we administer the color-producing tannins. Like, I personally think that utilizing leaves, bark, and seed pods is perhaps the best way to do this. I'm sure you're hardly surprised about that, right? Well, it's not just because I sell this stuff for a living. It's because they're releasing tannins, humic substances, and other compounds into the water full-time during their presence in the aquarium as they break down. A sort of onboard producer of these materials, with their own half-life, for want of a better term. The continuous release of the tin-producing compounds keeps things more or less constant. And if you're part of the school which leaves your botanicals in the aquarium to completely break down, you're certainly getting maximum value out of them. And you're getting other benefits like the uh, potential for uh, food source and fungal growth platforms, etc., etc. And if you're continuously adding and replacing them with new ones as they completely or partially break down, you're actively replenishing and adding additional tint-producing capabilities to your system, right? So why doesn't your water stay dark? Well, here's an interesting possibility. It's known by science that more alkaline solutions tend to draw out tannic acid from wood uh, than pH neutral or, or acidic water does. So if you have more alkaline water, those tannins are more quickly, more rapidly pulled out. So maybe you get an initial burst, but the color won't last all that long. Hmm. There's another way to keep the tin going in your tanks, and it's pretty easy. It's something I've used for years. When you prepare your water for water changes, you know, you store it in, you know, nice probably propylene containers or whatever you use. It's typically, you know, 
done, what, a few days or a week in advance, so why not use this time to your advantage and pre-tint the water by steeping some leaves or a sachet of tint or uh, of shade or whatever you're using in the water. Not only will it keep the aesthetics of your water, can you believe we're even talking about water aesthetics? Not only will it keep it consistent, i.e. tinted, if you have humic substances and tannins dissolved into it, they're helping you, in theory, to keep a more stable environment within your system. Obviously, you'll have to check your pH and other parameters, but the addition of leaves to your replacement water is a great little hack that you should take advantage of. Damn, I hate that word hack, but, you know, it's what it is. I admit it's also a really good way to get the look and some of the benefits of black water for your system from the outset, especially for those of you heathens that like the color of black water and despise all the decomposing leaves and seed pods and stuff. So if you're just setting up a brand new aquarium and have some you know, water set aside for the tank, why not use the time it's... Well, it's aging to sort of pre-tint it a bit so you can have a nice dark look from day one. It's also great if you're setting up a tank for an aquascaping contest or a same-day club event or even a, you know, an Instagram live session or whatever shallow thing you're doing. It would make it really advantageous to have that instant tank immediately. And then you can tell everybody, yeah, I've, I've been doing this blackwater tank for months. I have to confess that yet another one of the more common questions we receive from aquarists is, how can I get the tint in my tank more quickly? And this is definitely one way. Now, how many botanicals to use? Well, that's a million-dollar question. Who knows? And all gets back to the, in my opinion, absurd recommendations that have been proffered by vendors over the years regarding X number of leaves, for example, per gallon or liter of water. There's simply far, far too many variables, ranging from starting water chemistry to pH to alkalinity and dozens of others which can affect the equation and make the numbers, specific numbers, that is, unreliable at best. There's really no hacks there. You just have to experiment. Technique is so important discovering what works for you as is understanding what's happening in your aquarium and really at the end of the day the greatest hack you can apply to the aquarium hobby the only one worth doing is gaining the advantage that knowledge gives you so my recommendation is to do stuff educate yourself and apply what you've learned share with others rinse and repeat stay resourceful stay curious stay observant stay creative stay motivated and always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Fellman. Thanks for spending part of your day with me, and I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tent.